This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome and well met. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales. Tales of daring adventure, tales of heroism, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Jelos, and with me this afternoon, as always, regardless of how tired he is, because he is a strong Nord. Mark, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. As you said, I'm kind of tired, but uh, it is what it is. I'm ready for the show. I've been away for two weeks, so... um... I guess I can count that as rested. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the show. I'm happy to be here. Got a lot of rested experience there, I see. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm enlightened. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, welcome, chat room. Thank you for coming out on this Saturday afternoon. It is always a pleasure to see the chat hopping. That is great. Thank you so much. And I also got to give a special shout out to uh, two of our Patreon supporters. That's Kipster and Mirnet. Thank you so much for supporting us this month over at patreon.com slash dungeon crawler network. You guys are the best. You keep the show running. You allow us to do all these fun things like, you know, new equipment and bunch of new stuff for the website new web servers all that fun stuff to keep us going that i don't have to pay for anymore because you guys are the best thank you so much it is amazing and another little announcement with the patreon supporters you guys are great because at the end of this month on may we are selecting the winner of our collector's edition of Morrowind to be given away to one lucky Patreon supporter. So if you are supporting us over there on Patreon, you are entered for that chance. Uh, after that, we do monthly giveaways of various things, swag, uh, game game codes, whatever, whatever we got, you know. I think the next thing I have lined up after the Morrowind is a, uh, a copy of Age of Empires, the HD edition, just because Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of that. Ark, I know you have Same, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have a, uh, a code for that on Steam. So I think that is going to be the June 
or yeah, the June giveaway on mm-hmm. Patreon. So thank you so much for all the Patreon supporters. You guys are great. Like I said, we are not a corporate. We have no corporate sponsors. We are all funded by you guys. We are the PBS of podcasting. And because of amazing viewers like you, we get to do fun stuff like Adventure in Tamriel. Like what we're doing now. Ark, what have you been playing? What have you been doing? Have you done anything fun? Have you beat any Daedric Princes? All right. Well, um, I not as much as you know two weeks worth of thing because uh, I didn't have much time to play. But let me bring up the notes here. And yeah, uh, okay. The most important thing: I finally found that um, reactive necklace. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, one of our listeners on YouTube directed me to a website that lists all the items in the game. I don't know how they do that, but they do. Uh, so I did a quick search and actually found the reactive necklace, and I got to test it finally. Um, and it it works amazing. I have to tell you that it works amazing with Clever Alchemist. Um, of course, on one on one, compared to Meridia's uh, blessing set, it's not as good. But when you're up against like seven six people, and they start crowd controlling you, it's amazing. I don't die against nice. that many, unless you know they suddenly burst templar jesus beams and stuff like that it's kind of insta kill against that many right but while getting hit that uh by you know that many people my blood spawn fills my ultimate as well instantly so it's a very nice combo i stay alive uh while i'm taking damage my blood spawn kicks in i uh fill my ultimate drop an ultimate and run away regroup my group and go back for kill so yeah that works Uh, and i'm currently alliance rank 11 after all these years, finally, I've reached the cor- corporal uh, status. That's nice. <laughs> uh, my only problem is, though, you know, I'm playing in the non-champion uh, point campaign, Azura Star, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's not as fun as the double AP week. <laughs> uh, mostly because we are, at least whenever I log into it, we are dominating the map. Right. And I'm checking. Well, it's balanced right now. Like We have a cool castles with AD, DC, and pack, but whenever I log in, uh, AP usually has the map, which is not fun because you know you just go around take castles, but there's no challenge, which is nice. So I'm planning to use this anniversary event to get up to the champion point cap, mm-hmm. so I can go to True Flame, uh, which seems more balanced, I guess. I don't know. Right. I'll have to check that out, but. It is what it is. Yeah, this holiday event's been amazing. I'm like one champion point away from cap. I've never been this close to cap ever. A uh, couple things in chat. Um, uh, Phil and Lightbender says he likes my beard. You know, the Nord's coming out. So shout out to you, sir, just because you pointed out the beard, and that makes me happy. Uh, Ixer in chat, he's running the ultimate troll. A group of my buddies got a, got a group of 12 Templars together last week and only used Radiant Destruction on every target they found. <laughs> that, would, that is incredibly funny, I got to admit. <laughs> that, is, that is the ultimate troll right there. You're just seeing 12 beams coming at you, and you're like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> you know, you, you should record that sometime if you can, because yeah. that would make an awesome video. Just, I would you like it for like a... Team. With the Benny Hill team in the background. <laughs> I'd be happy with a gif of that just so that I can, you know, spam yeah. that anytime I need it, you know? Nice, nice. Definitely need to do that. Um, so Reactive. Tell me a little bit about Reactive. I know you've been after that for a while. What does that set do? And, and that will um, also, you know, let the listeners know 
yeah, what your build's uh, like. Right. Makes sense. So, uh, the reactive set uh, gives maximum stamina, stamina recovery, and maximum health, which is basic. The first mm-hmm. uh, three bonuses basic. But the fifth one, while you are affected by a disabling effect, your damage taken is reduced by 35%. Now, that combines with the Nord's 6%. So, while I'm, uh, you know, affected by a disabling effect, I don't exactly know what are, you know, what skills count as disabling effect. But I guess people are using it because it works. So Nice. Um, but yeah, that, that builds up to 45% damage reduction while I'm under that effect. And when I'm going against, you know, one versus seven, eight, uh, anyone, someone definitely uses one of those. They have to. Yeah. I know. So, you know, basically I'm not taking half of the damage. And during that time, that is enough for me to build up my ultimate and use the spell shield which is infinite blocking as well as I don't take any damage from the projectiles. So basically it's immortality, at least for a few seconds. And that's enough to, you know, get away from that group and regroup from other people so you can go back and fight. As for the damage part, I'm using the Clever Alchemist, the craft set, which gives... uh, Two maximum health, um, weapon damage and spell damage. And whenever you drink a potion, uh, it gives you 600 weapon and spell damage for 15 seconds. So the idea is survive as long for as long as you can, basic, basically until your um, potion is uh, potion cooldown is reset. Uh, go back to sword and shield, uh, pop a potion, and go back for the kill with the great sword or mole as I'm using it. So that's my build idea right now. Which is uh, basically copied from Galiskner. So <laughs> he is the mastermind behind the build. Right. Yeah, I know he uses yeah. Clever Alchemist a lot because it's mm. just so much burst from that oh, build. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It's hard to get away from Clever Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And the only problem is if you don't kill your opponent in 15 seconds. Yeah, then you're out for 60. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's where the Clever Alchemist, uh, I mean, Reactive Necklace comes in. Reactive Set comes in. So It's yeah, all about Reactive Necklace. <laughs> it's all about that necklace. Yeah. I guess at that point, you know, like you're saying, um, whenever you hit, if you don't kill them at 60 seconds, it's the Reactive was what keeping you alive again until you're ready for another burst. Yeah, exactly. I, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, yeah, I gotta... So that's my PvP side, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, other than that, you you were about to say something. I kind of butchered that. Oh no no no! I was like, <laughs> I keep trying, but the hardest thing that I like when I'm trying to run Galsner's builds and stuff like that, it just doesn't work on my Templar, and it's because yeah. my poor Templar doesn't regain resources. So yeah, mm-hmm. I have a lot of bursts, but if I don't kill you in that burst, I'm out of resources and I'm screwed. Because um, I know you guys, every time you get ultimate, you, you guys can like regain on Dragon Knights. There's a lot of ways for you to regain uh, resources. Templar, yeah. I'm I'm SO, well at least solo. I mean, we have some of the best uh, resource regeneration abilities, but they only work in groups. You know, like shards. But I can't use my own shards. So we're yeah. we're very group. Sucks centric. to be a Templar. Huh? It, <laughs> it sucks to be a Templar solo. Yes, or you know. If you're not running in a very group utility, um, you know, build or something along mm-hmm. those lines, so yeah, it it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even in Ixer and chats, like Templar sustain is very rough. It it is 
incredibly hard. Yeah. I mean, if you were also... If the sustain was easy for Templars, then they would be immortals with all those heals, I guess. So it, it's a good thing. It's a good yeah, thing. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of checks and balances there. I, I agree with you, but I don't know. I just feel like Templars have the worst sustain of any class in this Possibly, in this game. Yeah. Like, What uh, do Nightblades get for sustain, though? I never uh, played Nightblades. Siphoning, Night siphoning Strikes, I think. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's a couple of them where they get, like, on-hit returns and stuff like that. Ah, so, okay. um, again... Well, nothing I, will matter two months because Warden. Because Warden, yeah. Every, <laughs> siphoning Attacks, yes. Thank you. I don't play a Nightblade that often. I was trying to remember the name, but Siphoning Attacks... Uh, you know, even by its very name tells you what it, what it does. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they, they just have a lot of, you know, and then if you're like, if you're running something like, uh, like a stamina build for whatever, I don't know why you'd be running stamina, but if you were, you know, and your red guard, you know, red guard night blade, man, you're never running out of stamina like ever (laughs) just because of the racial trait too. So yeah, there is that. I don't know. I don't know why you'd run stamina at this point. Stamina got butchered. I've had a couple people in Discord, you know, tell me like, "Hey, I want to run stamina." I'm like, "Dude, I love stamina. Don't get me wrong, but Homestead butchered it bad." <laughs> it is it's it, even in PVE, it's not even worth it. Like Magicka can do the same damage single target if not higher, and they like triple the damage in AoE. So it's like no one brings yeah. stamina ever. Like, why would you? You're intentionally hindering yourself. You're accepting a handicap bringing stamina. But, you know, it, we're back to the Elder Staves online again, as we were when it first <laughs> came out. So, you know, that's a thing. Um, so other than that, um, I did some Craglorn stuff, but I don't remember. It's been a while. I did some, you know, I soloed some Anomalies, and okay. I hated that Aeratronach. Because I, I thought, why not summon this guy with everything else you know uh, mm-hmm. that was a bad idea yeah uh, <laughs> he hits like a die. truck and he has a huge uh, hit point pool yeah, just hits i can take but he can take my hits too so it was a stalemate for a very long time yeah that fight becomes an hour and a half you know you're sitting yeah. there going man i really got to go to the bathroom <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't know how i did solo that one with my vr3 uh, back when the veteran ranks was still a thing and the cap was veteran 14. I don't know how I completed that anomaly with my VR3 tank. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I might have been there for a few hours. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't remember the exact spot. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Ixer's in chat. Ixer from Tiso Nation, he's in chat right now. And he's even saying about how Stan was hurting in... Uh... In, in Homestead, because Zoss balance for single target, you know, self-buff DPS, um, but they didn't do anything for cleave base, and that's everything you do in this game. I mean, everything is stack and burn. Every every group I've been in is, let's stack and burn, you know? So, yeah, it it hurts. It hurts bad. So, uh, they I don't need know. To... I only do PvE as a tank, so I don't know those parts of it. Right. Right. Well, I mean, for you, as long as you have stamina, you have your uh, restore for stamina or something along those mm-hmm. lines, someone dropping shards on you, you're fine. You got your mitigation, yep. but, you know, everyone else is, you know, <laughs> up the creek without a paddle, so to speak, you know? 
Like that's that's how that rolls. <sighs> I don't care. I don't care. It's it's everybody else's business. <laughs> I stay alive, and the rest doesn't matter. Well, yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah, well, that's because you're not a sexplorer, which is amazing. So you can do both. Do you want to start this one? <laughs> I, I told you, I'm going to start it every every single episode. I'm bringing it up. Just got to slide it in there, and you're least expecting it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we got to enjoy it until Warden comes up because. The second warden hits. I'm going to be a warden. So, uh, <laughs> You're dropping. We, we'll have to find. Yeah, we'll have uh, to find something else to fight about. Yeah, true, true. Dropping, dropping Dragonite like a bad date. You know, like that's it. Oh, like yeah. I'm out. I'm. Yeah. Um, I. I am all for that Frost Winter's Embrace skill yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah, I know we were talking about that earlier. You were. You're just like gushing over that thing. So that's really cool. Um. Nice. Frost magic is the best thing that happened to the to any of the fantasy worlds. So Galsner's calling uh, you out in chat too. He's calling you a traitor for abandoning the Dragon Knight. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be a Dragon Knight in the first place if there was any frost-based classes before. So fro- frost is everything for me in terms of fantasy realms. So I, I have to I have to betray Dragon Knights. I have to. Sorry. <laughs> Just got. It's just got to happen, right? It's got to <laughs> yeah. happen. I I understand. I mean, that's that's why I play Templar. I mean, I always play Holy Warrior characters all the time. It just sucks that every game that I play a Holy Warrior character in lately, they all suck terribly, like Templar right now. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I know Ixor would probably know this one since I'm gonna shout out to him again. Um, I know he was in early beta. Remember when restoring spirit actually was worth a damn? Uh, and made templar like insanely op uh those were the glorious days i miss that yeah as uh lex in chat says it's going to be op warden will be op and i don't like i never liked playing the op character class whatever in games like if i'm going to choose a faction in other games i always went for the ones that getting defeated Mm -hmm. because you know it's not fun if you just join the winning team, winning class, winning whatever, because there is nothing you can add to it at that point. Yeah. But uh, that's why I will feel bad about playing a warden straight up, but still, it, it has to happen. It well, has to happen. it meets Maybe you... Maybe I'll just try to de... You know, <laughs> just de- pick the, pick the worst stuff. spec available for warden yeah. play <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, no, just, maybe maybe go for naked tanking. Naked tanking, like just just yeah. out of protest, Balance sort of. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Now, if if it matches you thematically, that's why you stick with it. That's why I'm still Templar. Mm-hmm. You know, it. That's that's the theme that I always play, and so here I am. You know, that's <laughs> how it goes. Oh man. All right. Anything else? So finally, yeah. Um, one more thing. I've been looking for roleplay uh, guilds on the European side of things. Mm-hmm. And someone in TSORP's uh, Discord channel point me, pointed me towards the Ebon Drakes. The Ebon Drakes. Um, they are an Ebon Heart Pact Alliance for focused roleplaying guild. And they were kind enough to you know, invite me into the guild, even though I haven't introduced my character IC uh, incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to do some RP with them. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to, but um, 
from what I can see at the message of the day, uh, there's an event on Monday, so I hope to make that. And I, I'm currently in their uh, guild headquarters, the Ebon Drake's barracks. It's the old Mistvale Manor or in the Rift. Okay, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, I wish I can, you know, uh, just invite you here, but it's on European side, so I can't. But uh, there are uh, on the outside there are cages. You know, for the captured Altmers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is a Khajiit in there right now. Uh, you know, the statues of some North heroes. I don't actually know who they are, but do you, do you remember the ones from the Bleak Rock uh, on the far end of the island? Yeah, the, the one Pathfinder location. That's uh, Yskimor. Mm-hmm. It's Yskimor. One of them, possibly, but there are two of them. Both of well, them, I don't it's Yeastmore and his 500 companions. Pick one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that's important is Yeastmore. The rest of them is a one of 500, okay? Uh, I don't know. There's a, They have names. A few of them have names, but mm-hmm. none of them are, you know, as recognizable, obviously, as uh, Yeastmore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of his 500 companions. So. Yeah. So then on the inside, there is a... Oh, they did a change. They changed the table with the with a stone structure, actually. Like a table, but stone with fires in the middle, which is... Oh, it looks great. So, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Shores Halls, you know, from mm-hmm. Skyrim, from Sovngarde. Yep. And it looks great. So, um, oh, the, the housing, and, you know, uh, let me gather my thoughts. Before housing, I thought that it would be great for role-playing, but now that I actually see this uh, headquarters, it's it's just amazing. Right. Because it actually feels like barracks. It actually feels like, you know, a headquarters, and it's it's awesome. I just wish I can show this on stream. But... Now, the, the guild you're in, are you guys running into any issues with player cap limits? Because... I mean, I've been to, uh, well, if you've been to Ebonheart, that seems to be the, at least on North American side, that's the role play hub for like outdoor role play. Mm-hmm. Um, how's, how's, uh, how are you guys dealing with that? Every time I see like in Ebonheart, it's full of people, like tons of people. Um, and I know, what is that one capped out? Like 10 players or something like that? 12 players? Uh, Mistvale, I think, should be around 24, is it not? Is it one of the... I think it's one of the big ones, yeah? <laughs> I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, in chat. <laughs> yeah I, I saw that. <laughs> Yskra less, least average. Yskra medium. Yskra <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's clever. I like it. Um... I'm not sure because, you know, I haven't been able to, as I said, get into RP yet. I'm just uh, off-character in the guild right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Galaskner says it's 12 for the large one. But the thing is, at least for this guild, I haven't seen more than, like, seven, six people online at a time. Okay. Uh, so it should be okay. But my guild, Raman's Torch, in North American side, uh, sometimes we did have over, well, well, well over 12 people. Uh, online at the same time, but you know you don't always get everyone in the same yeah, event or anything at the same time, so it shouldn't be much of a problem unless you are doing an event, because I know the Telwani or Dunmer roleplay is usually ends up being very crowded because they do hold meetings and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that edgy Dunmer stuff I don't like. Uh, <laughs> 
but uh, that could be a problem with the player cap. Mm, praise the three and pass the ale. That's what it is, okay? <laughs> and I, I see extra hardly any big DCRP guilds left on the North American PC side. Like, I'm, I only play Ebonheart. Like, cause you know, that's where, you know, blood for the mm-hmm. pact, but, uh, I do notice a lot less role players out there, but there's still a handful of big guilds out there. Um, like you said, the Dunmer, uh, I can't remember the exact name of the guild. So if anyone listens to this show and you're part of this guild, you know, definitely let me know and I'll give a proper shout out, you know, so you guys can get your role play on. Um, but it's something to do with Telvani. It's like our, and, uh, the, uh, uh, Redoran, Redoran, like, vanguard or something like that i can't remember those two guys are two guilds that obviously are all based around uh dunmary lore they're still i still see them out but again not not as often as they once were so yeah uh, dunmer's i guess the most active ones as far as i can tell uh at the moment like they i know hall's rather on as you said hall's Mm -hmm. hulalu House of Lalu, uh, yeah. Uh, I've seen them a lot in North American side. I think we had a deal with them at some point when I was in Remon's Torch. Well, I, I'm still in Remon's Torch, but I haven't, as you know, logged into North American side at all for a very long time. Right. And when I did, I only did so for the Wings of Fate events, so I kind of drifted away, unfortunately. So there's that. But yeah, I don't know. Probably, I did expect open world rp to die with housing because it was already dying basically yeah no i i definitely knew housing was going to take a hit on open world Mm -hmm. pvp but the problem is it's kind of like a uh while i understand why it appeals it's it's kind of like drinking poison because all you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot because what is you know RP is is you need people for more than anything, and it's a very niche, a niche thing. I know these are MMORPGs, you know that's what they were set out to be, but now they're more, you know, being more mainstream. Like there's more of what I call immersion players, like myself. I don't mm-hmm. sit down. I might have a backstory for my character, but it's kind of all in my head. I just kind of live in this world. It's like a form of escapism. But not so much that I'm willing to sit in a tavern and tell you know role play that I'm I'm drinking mead you know it's just not something that I do, um, and then there's even less of us and more of just the hardcore MMO players now that don't even do any of that. So you need to be recruiting new blood. But when you're in an instanced area, how are people going to know where the people are, right? Because like it, multiple times I'd go into Ebonheart just walking around and I'd see, you know, people using emotes and speech and everything like that. And I'm like, Oh, they're role playing. And that was a way of me going, Hey, you know, if I wanted to join, I could have reached out to one of these people and been like, Hey guys, uh, I I'd like to get into role play and, and go from there. But if you're in a, in a, a house, I'll never see it. I'm not going to know. So if I'm not really a role player by default mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not actively looking, then you're not going to attract as much new blood. Likewise, people who maybe don't know where you go to role play will come in who want to role play, can't find anyone, go, there's no role play on this game, and leave. Yeah. I mean, actually, it's how I first started role playing in Alish Calls Online. Um, before Alish Calls Online, I, I'm not an MMORPG player. I wasn't an MMORPG player. So I actually didn't know that 
there was a concept of in-game role-playing. I, I am playing, uh, and I've been playing tabletop RP for a, I don't know, years now. You know, D&D, GURPS, stuff like that. I don't like D&D much, but uh, still it's the best way to give an example. Hmm. Um, and I didn't know that you could RP in-game. I don't know how it would work. But one day, back in North America, North American Mega Server, uh, I was just running around in the rift doing a quest and at the most eastern part there's the full helm fort right. so i entered there for a quest and there's a bunch of people sitting around the table and discussing something uh so i don't i observed a bit you know figured out the emotes and say things uh, stuff like that and i went ahead and pointed towards the table and said i want to meet the I want to talk to whoever is holding this mood. Now, of course, that's a rookie mistake uh, because you don't just go into a fort and demand to talk to the leader of the meeting. <laughs> well, you can, uh, but you may not walk away from it. But you know, yeah, what? yeah. And I, I had my helmet and everything on, so it was a rude thing to do. And uh, the leader of the mood just said, you know, emoted that he stares towards the. He- guy with the, his helmets is on so i figured okay that was a mistake but you know they were kind enough to um one of their officers actually whispered me and pulled me to a corner and explained how the stuff is going and from there i joined them uh, the guild disbanded stuff happened it go- goes on and goes on but basically you know the only reason i actually found out that there was role playing in an MMORPG is the fact that they were doing that open world uh, meeting in a yep. full hand fort. Yep. Now, if a guild right now is going to hold a meeting, it'll probably in one of their manners or whatever. And the new players like me back then won't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if they are familiar with the concept from World of Warcraft, they can go on uh, to Google and search Elder Scrolls Online Roleplay and figure out what to do. But as for people like me that doesn't know the concept, yeah, housing is uh, is a deal breaker, I guess. Right. It's yeah. both good and bad for role playing community. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely good for them in the fact that then now they can role play without being harassed. Because I have seen mm-hmm. people harass role players, like come in and just be dicks because they can be. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's people uh, that can hide behind the anonymity of the internet. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, that sucks for them and they, they should be stoned. But, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking with, uh, you know, pot either. I'm talking big, heavy, sharp stones thrown at their head. Uh, but yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, I don't even role play, but I'm very big on the lore. I think one of the first times I found people, I was walking in the tribunal temple and there was somebody doing the 36, le- 36 lessons of Vivek. So I, of course, had to sit down and listen because I know all 36 yeah. lessons and I'm sitting there and he actually like repeated them word for word to which I then got into a lore argument with him because I'm like, I don't think Vivek wrote them mm-hmm. yet. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so we got into a little bit of a heated lore debate about when the exact timeline of the 36 lessons were actually written. Um, but I don't even remember who won. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I We were looking it up and, you know trying to figure out when there was a timeline for it but it was funny he he, yeah. he came up to me afterwards he's like i'm not even mad i'm just surprised you knew i was happy to have the argument <laughs> um so that's that's pretty cool yeah 
I mean, the thing is, I believe it's okay to stretch the lore a bit for uh, roleplay no. purposes. No! Not, no, no. no, listen, hear me out, wait. <laughs> Don't let your inner dragon show. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you, Galisner, I know it was your fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I just read that. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I'm telling that, you know, it's okay to stretch the lore a bit, is that, especially for the second era, at least to my knowledge, uh, the lore is kind of vague. You can't always find uh, specific information or enough information to hold a long-term roleplay. Like, if you are, as you said, discussing something about the lore in in character, um, there will be a time that you will run out of things to talk, depending on the topic, because mo- basically because there isn't much information on it. Like, yeah. the only source you have will be half a page from one of the books. Right. So, I, in my opinion, it's okay to stretch the lore a bit. Sometimes, maybe, you know, pick something from Oblivion or, you know, Third Era, Fourth Era every now and then. Not too much, but, uh, you know, it's, it's okay to do it I, a bit. My inner lore nerd's hurting, <laughs> but I understand the idea of... St- so-called stretching the lore because here's the thing just because i know all of this stuff doesn't mean my character does a lot of the stuff i know may not even have happened yet you know like such as tiber septum and the whole septum dynasty he's not even born for another 300 years Mm -hmm. uh in the time of eso but me knowing that are um you know making reference to uh there was a few other books that people were arguing about. Um, uh, there were one or two references to Kim, Kaim, um, and that were made after Tiber Septum's, uh, you know, apotheosis. It's just like they made them in this game. It's like, well, that technically didn't happen yet. And, you know, they messed up the lore there. And, you know, if you really want to yeah. go all through that, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, lore rant, guys. Lore rant. <laughs> I mean, as an example, one of my North American characters was a former battle mage in the Imperial Legion. Uh, he was a captain. And at, at one point, we had this uh, prisoner, I guess, at that time. He was in character, uh, in, in roleplay. Mm-hmm. And he asked about magic. Now, magic in general. How does, how does spells work? Right. Now, there, there isn't a real specific way to answering that. Because how does spells work in Elder Scrolls? Yeah, you draw Magicka from Aetarius and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And how does Aetarius leak Magicka into the world? Because Through Mondas the star holes. tear a hole <laughs> in the sky yeah. and then stuff happen and now I can cast a fireball. So, yeah. you know, I did have some uh, books on Aetarius and Magicka and Magicka, stuff like that in the uh, Shalador's library, in the lore books. So I did I did read them. I did read some stuff from them. Open Wikipedia on the side, on my second screen. and But basically I did have to end up scrambling uh, things that make sense. Right. But probably wrong. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it happens. It happens a lot. And uh, again, Nixer says, TS is essentially open source storytelling. The lore is vague and open to interpretation for a reason. Mm-hmm. I do agree. I 100% agree with that. And that's actually what makes this lore so freaking good is because it contradicts one another. And like several stories will contradict each other as you go back and forth. And that's what makes the lore feel so vast because it's like oh you have 80 different stories well yeah but it's all telling the creation of the world the the world was only created one time so only one of them's right but they leave it up to you to determine which one is right and that is actually really cool and one of the things i love most about or the elder scrolls series in general is because they do leave it up to the imagination of the player about what is right and what is wrong and they don't come out and explicitly say like some other rpgs that oh yeah the world was created this way and they they have a definitive you know like oh here's your gods and you know whatever and this is exactly how it happened so all characters know exactly how it happened there's no you know, every race in the world believes the exact same thing. It it makes for more dull gameplay or more dull world building. So I, I definitely applaud how they, uh, how they did the storytelling. But uh, the other issue with elder scrolls lore is because it does span such a large amount of in-game time that people have to be careful, especially in ESO being about a thousand years before the game that most people have played that a lot of lore that we are most familiar with hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Whew. And my own lore rant. <laughs> yeah, that happens. So be prepared because I, I definitely do lore rants. It's one of my favorite things to rant about because Nice thing about ranting about lore is it hardly ever pisses anyone off. They all love it because it's just it is what it is. So uh. I was actually connected to something from this entire topic, but I completely forgot. So yeah, gotcha. <laughs> um, Gasner says something about housing that I want to touch on. That mm-hmm. um, would have been better if they had made the game world big enough for non-zoned housing, like you know land grab. Uh, I guess the way Ultima Online did it was it. Yeah, what Ultima the- Online did it. Yep, I'm fine with that as long as they they do a if your account goes inactive, you lose your house kind of deal. Um, uh, th- the thing is, you can't really do that in. Well, you. Ha- I mean, you do it in the- real world. If you disappear for six years. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't mean the you know your your house going away, but actually opening up the land for. Um, people to actually have a house there non-instanced because the problem is elder scrolls has a definite map uh deterministic map it's finite it's not inf- you, you can't just expand it because it's tom real i mean you can maybe add a, the other continent and stuff like that but at the end you have a finite amount of land so that's why you can't really um well go for a land grab you could if the world was large enough. Here's the problem. You're look at Mornhold for instance. All right, like Mornhold's supposed to be like the center of all uh, Dunmer health. Now I'm looking at the map right now. I see the big temple. That's great. Uh, I see the center, the center building. You know, like the bank, and then I see the Fighters and Mages Guild. How many houses are in all of Mor- our Mornhold? Excluding uh, the one, two, three, <laughs> four, five. One dock, six, seven, eight. 
Are you telling me that the entire, almost the majority of the Dunmary population lives in eight houses? Yeah, like I mean, they have it. That's why sometimes attention to detail can be a bit annoying. Because I, you know, the same thing happens in White Run as well in Skyrim. If you look at White Run, it's yeah. it's, it's actually a tiny mm. little village. Yeah, it's it's the biggest <laughs> biggest village or biggest uh, holden in uh, Skyrim. Huh, all 10 people live here. (laughs) No, I agree. And and, and a lot of that is, you know, like like you said, based on um, the size that you can actually pull in. Like, engines can't do Mm -hmm. a whole lot. Um, And I'm going to pull in. I know it's not Elder Scrolls related, but there's some new MMOs coming out um, that specifically are expanding worlds with this. And they're making them huge. I'm not really going to give any names um, because you know check out our other show, the Dungeon Crawlers, if you wanna if you wanna hear about all that stuff. Uh, but there's one coming out that where they pretty much did the math for how big the the world's gonna be, and it's something like if you ran from one end to the other, it would take you a full 22 hours or something like that of Ooh. constant running <laughs> to get from one end to the other. Now with that, there is that. That's wonderful for that kind of stuff, but then there's a lot of the issues where if your game's not populated, there's a lot of that, is anyone even around anymore, you know? Exactly, exactly. You got to play that, you know, would I love that? Oh, absolutely. It's one of my biggest pet peeves when I see cities that are like six houses and it's supposed to be the major hub for, uh, you know, like an entire populace. I'm like, it just doesn't happen this way. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I like Guild Wars 2 their city design is because while there wasn't tons of houses in what you could walk, the way they designed it artistically, they made it look like there were millions of houses up on the hill. That Yes, this is theoretical. Like when you look, it looked like there could be you know an entire population yeah. living in this city. Yes, you could never get to those houses. They were just painted in the distance. But from a visual perspective, when you're walking down the street, you're looking up going, wow, look at all these houses. There's got to be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in this city. You know, could they have done that in ESO? Yeah, but uh, they would have had to expand Tamriel way more than what they did. These zones are too small. Like, let's, let's, you know, you're looking at something like uh, um, the Rift being... 2000 miles across are they gonna make that no you know will they make it so it takes 20 minutes to walk across the rift no would have been awesome yeah but then you would never see people two problems you know both player wise you know we wouldn't meet each other at all like other players but it's it would also be very hard to populate it immersion wise as well like, you would have to reuse the same NPCs and stuff like that so many times that it could get annoying as well, rather than actually being awesome. Yeah. And I have to comment, you know, Elder Scrolls developers in general, not just Elder Scrolls Online, in making those actually small cities look very lively. And, you know, they- you don't realize that it's actually a small little... 10 people population <laughs> village until you actually decide to take a yeah you know, when when you're playing it goes in there but you're also dealing with the medium you're dealing with um the hardware specs of that generation and you're also dealing with the fun factor not mm-hmm. not they're <laughs> wanting a, a city that takes you three hours four hours five hours to explore 
is a very niche population. That's like me. Most people mm-hmm. don't want that. They would be bored out of their mind. They'd log in the city. They'd go, mm-hmm. "I just want to kill dragons and go. I'm out. I don't. I don't. I don't want to get walk down an alley and get lost for four hours. Yeah. It's not want, something that I want to do. If I want to do that, I'll go to New York City and just walk down an alley and see what <laughs> happens. You know, that's that's how you gotta kind of have to look at this. That large land grab thing. While I would love it, and I know a lot of people who would love it. You gotta you gotta make it towards your audience and what your game is actually physically capable of handling, because yeah, you could have done that. It would have taken them incredibly long to build the zones. A lot of people who are doing that kind of stuff are using procedural generation because it's it, it's not feasible the amount of man hours it would take to populate two thousand square miles. So you mm-hmm. use procedural generation and then you split it up with zoning. You know, that's how you have to do it because no computer. Uh, that anyone can physically buy now is capable of rendering 2,000 square miles without it separating into subzones. It just, it can't. Your computer will burn. Like, it will catch on fire and burn. Um, <laughs> wow, that was kind of off topic, but fun! <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I'll move on to the final part of what I did um, and get the microphone to you, uh, which is... Um, I actually finally com- kind of completed my house interior as well. Now, since I don't have ESO Plus and have one of the small houses and put so much items in the exterior, I wasn't able to place too much on the inside because I have you know 100 uh, item limit in it, the Altons right. Gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the dinner table is empty and stuff like that. But uh, I did have some nice. I do have some nice pictures, uh, uh, paintings on the wall. One is actually a winter painting. Came from one of the listeners. Um, I'll actually see if I can. Now, I'm sorry, but it's either Vegaroth or Nat Morrison. Okay. Because I deleted the ma- mails because the, my mailbox was <sighs> empty. So shout out to both of you. But uh, you know, what, what, the painting came from. Uh, either one of them. So thank you very much. It's a, it actually covers one side of the Autumn's Gate. It's one of the giant paintings. Oh, nice. It's a very cool winter uh, painting. And since you know winter is obviously uh, the, the the best season out there, so yeah, I have some you know desk stuff like that, and I, I'm happy about it. Very nice. But yeah, that was um, that was the end of my tales. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we actually. Yeah. <laughs> Arg, I don't know if you realize, but about an hour we just got into. The what? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so I'm gonna Ooh. go through my tales, and we still got a lot of news. We got a lot of show for you, ladies and gentlemen. So stick tight. Um, in the past two weeks, like like uh, like you said, I bought my uh, my big manor, my uh, Daggerfall Overlook. Uh, still have not done much with the furniture. Like I just I. The ESO uh, third anniversary came into effect, so a lot of my time has just been like, all right, I'm just doing dailies, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so since Can ESO... I a question? Yeah. Uh, what dailies do you... Because I've been running around since we began the show. You know, I got the cake at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been so away from the dailies, I have no idea what to do. Ritz. I do Ritz. Ritz. But that's, that requires skill points. I don't know. No, it doesn't. Points. No, you, you still get the things even if it's the level one stuff. Like the oh, one, I do. Yeah, oh, I do six, six Ritz a day on all 12 characters. 
And then on my main, I then do Imperial City Ritz as, or uh, things as well if if time permits. So um, that's the dailies count to Okay, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The IC dailies do count. Everything counts as a daily. I mean, even the Cyrodiil dailies where you're killing enemies counts. Uh, I wouldn't recommend doing them, like actively going after them, because they could take you 10 minutes, they could take you 10 hours. It all depends on, mm-hmm. you know, what it is you're attempting to accomplish. Um, but for me, six dailies a day on all 12 characters has gotten me quite a bit of stuff. Okay. Quite I'll, a bit I'll of start stuff. with the Ritz. Yeah, and Ritz are... I don't have DLCs on European side, because NMX Online doesn't give me my DLCs that I bought on North American side, on European side. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm. I don't know. Ooh, uh, Lick says ten hours. It was an exaggeration, but if you're in a low pop campaign and you're sitting there going, "Hey, you go kill ten Nightblades," since we know Nightblades suck right now, who's playing Nightblades in Cyrodiil? <laughs> now, if it was kill ten Sorks, you'd have that in about five seconds. Okay, like that's not nothing to be in there. But you know, if you're if you're like have one of those go kill ten Nightblades or Templars. Uh, you know, our dragon knights, if you know, those might be a little harder to get than, you know, go kill 10 sorks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know 10 hours, it was an exaggeration, Jairam. Calm down, Calm, keep your shorts on, all right? <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that's a thing. Um, so I did that. Uh, I cleared Skyreach Pinnacle. Um, since the last time, like, I had been working on Skyreach uh, in episode 139. And I had hit the point where I only needed the pinnacle left. Uh, both the hold and the graveyard were significantly longer. Like, literally, Skyreach Pinnacle is one hallway, and then the boss, and you're done. Now, the boss room takes you a while to do because you have to activate all these different wards. So you have a guy who's like, I can, I can turn the ward back on. Just protect me. So you're sitting there. You got to do all four of them. So he sits there and does his whole little moving his arms back and forth, blah, blah, blah few waves of enemies come you kill them a little mini boss comes you kill it then you move on to the next ward um that takes a little while just because of even even with my build where i'm just killing everything it's you kill the wave but they designed it for players who possibly aren't doing as much damage so i'm killing the wave and then waiting and then waiting (laughs) and i kill it and then next wave wait and wait and wait so i did that and then you then you kill the final boss which he actually i had to go ranged he hit so hard in melee that he was one-shotting me um but he doesn't move that's the weird part he doesn't move from the center he just sits there so if you back out the range he'll sit there and cast at you and do all that so all i do is sit there with my destruction staff and just you know cast and then keep my uh my harness magica up and that's all i did was harness magica cast 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 harness magica. that's all i did and eventually i whittled him down and he died you know um even though i'm a magica templar i'm still melee but i couldn't survive a single hit with him mm-hmm. um just because he literally hit for like 27k normal attack you just even if i blocked and shielded i could survive one hit and that's it. It was definitely designed to actually have a tank or something there because he just hits like not even a special attack, not even a power attack. It's just a normal attack hits that hard. So, or yeah. you are just too squishy. Who knows? Well, <laughs> I am wearing five light, so that makes sense. 
Um, but it, it's really easy. Just go ranged, avoid his casting, and he, he's done. So that actually finished Craglorn for me completely. Um, now, I know I talked about this, and I, I kind of ruined this for you, Ark, because uh, yeah. I put it in Spoiler the notes. Alert. Spoiler alerts for anyone who has not done the upper craglorn quest i'm going to talk about that here and um now again i think a lot of people have finished upper craglorn except for maybe some of our new uh listeners who just started the game so skip ahead about mm, 10 minutes or so well maybe not even 10 minutes well 10 minutes just be sure that'd be fine um and uh, go from there um so starting spoiler you do these there's a few daily quests that you can do um in the valley of scars and i met this uh little wood elf she's awesome she's called little leaf uh she's really cute like she's really cool i really like her she's always super happy um and i really liked her and then you run into regent Cassipia, and she's like the person who starts you on the quest all right so she's saying that she's a high-ranking member of the scaled court and you know you're trying to subvert everything they're doing well turns out they're both bad you get to the final quest and apparently there's a little bit of like a lesbian lover thing going on here i'm i'm assuming maybe it's more maybe it's not maybe i'm reading too much into it maybe it's like mother daughter type thing but i don't know i kind of get a vibe like you know maybe it's a little something going on between the bed sheets um which is totally awesome, by the way. Except for they're both trying to kill me. Um, because they're both bad. Apparently, them telling us we're trying to subvert the scaled court. Well, they were. But they were trying to subvert the scaled court to become more powerful than the serpent. And So I had to kill them both. And it made me sad. Because I'm like, I love Little Leaf. She was great. And I had to kill her. And that kind of put me in a pretty sour mood for pretty much the next like week and a half because i really didn't even want to play at that point because i was in mourning because i love little leaf um but yeah so she's um they were bad no i Ixer, i love little leaf she's awesome you know she's like the best thing ever but i was like i was shocked to find out that she was a bad guy by the end i'm like no i don't want to kill her i don't want to kill her i don't want to kill her and i had to kill her because I just had to. Um, so, yeah, that's really sad. And it kind of ticked me off a little bit. Yeah, like, it really ticked me off. Hey, Zakir. Hey, Ixar, I know. It hurt me. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, no, no, don't make me do this. I don't want to do it. But, you know, I had to do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really upset. Because Little Leaf is, is amazing. Ag, don't you like naughty girls? Well, I do, but not when they're trying to stab me in the face. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't. Ark, I don't know. That sounds kind of hot, actually. But, you know, anyway, the rough play ended poorly, and she died. So, yeah, that finished Craglorn on kind of a sour note for me. Um, I loved it. Craglorn is probably one of my favorite zones I've done in the entire game so far. So I really can't complain too much because, um, like I said, it's really freaking awesome. But I was sad to see this character who is still – I can still see her on dailies, and it really bothers me because I had to kill her. Um, yeah, 
Every, everyone in chat's like so upset at me that I had to kill Little Leaf. I know! I'm upset too! Are you still here, Ark? No, maybe. There we go. I guess. Yep, there I we go. You I hear okay. you now. Yeah, Discord does that sometimes. Yeah, it does. After you didn't say anything, I just hop back out and back in. So we're good now. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, that really upset me. Um, let's see here. Then I started Thieves Guild. I was going to start Rothgar, but after talking with a few people in the guild and stuff like that, like there's a lot of activities in Rothgar to do. So... I don't know. I, I was like, all right, all right. Thieves Guild doesn't take a long time. There's a lot of achievements, but a lot of them are tied to dailies and stuff like that. So it, it's kind of easy to do. Like, I can do those over time. That's not a big deal. I'll come back, right? So I started Thieves Guild. And I got to admit, Thieves Guild I am enjoying the heck out of. Like, are you going to give spoilers from Thieves Guild? I'm not going to do spoilers from Thieves Guild because okay. it's still fairly new. Um, okay. if I, I'm, I'm midway something like that, so yeah. if I do anything, I will leave out names and kind of be vague, so anyone who has done it will know. But you know, I'll try to keep that out. But I mean, I pretty much just started it, and I've been having fun just because I've been stealing the crap out of everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, and a lot of a lot of the stuff I'm doing is even more difficult. Because how I'm doing it is I'm doing it in five light and no passives or anything like that. So I'm not even like in this full stealth get up for Thieves Guild, but I'm still having a blast with it. Like I'm really enjoying the Thieves Guild gameplay. The repeatables are a lot of fun. Like, you know, the pickpocketing and everything like that. It's all just... It's really cool, and I've been really enjoying the heck out of it. So, yeah, that's what I—that's what I've been doing. Thieves Guild instead of Rothgar. Um, I'm not even all that. Okay, cat. I'm not even all that far into it. I've literally done like uh, one or two of the main story quests, and that's it. Um, a lot of the rest of it has been me running around. Um, playing, doing the dailies, and just just having a fun. Uh, and here's the, we talked about cities earlier. Abba's yeah. Landing feels big enough to have a, a like a big populace. You know what I mean? Like the way actually, they yeah. they designed Abba's Landing, it feels like wow, there actually could be a healthy population here. Like that's just the way it looks, the way mm-hmm. it's designed. It's like wow, Probably it feels like it's a big city. Too complex, you know. You it's vertical. There's a lot of up and down. Yeah, you know. Yeah, also it, lots of alleyways and stuff like that. That that can. Uh, you can get lost, so it, it it doesn't feel like you're on the same area once you start just running around, going up and down. Right. At least it is to me. No, no, that's a perfect example of a design where they can hide the flaw of having a smaller city to make it feel larger by doing like what you just said. Having alleyways and a vertical design gives you this grandiose feel when you're still contained to a fairly small area. You know? I, I yeah. definitely agree. Because uh, she just wants to be on the show. I know. I want to give her away. She's out in Mari Dominion. She tries to... She definitely tries to, like, intercept the show at times. Uh, like, she, she's a problem. She's definitely a problem, and she needs to be dealt with. <laughs> but, yeah, she does want to be on the show desperately. She just will not... Will not... 
um, you know, leave me alone, like, ever. Um, so yeah, that was cool. I got my stamps orc to 50, so now I have two level 50 characters, you know, max level characters, because I had more before, but I deleted them and recreated them, because they were just, you know, I wanted different races and stuff like that, and, because at the time, uh, we were under the, um, impression, I say impression, that with Homestead, there was rumors going around that houses, the only way you could buy certain houses was if you had a race of that character, but then if you did then, you know, hey, great, then it would be available to anybody. So I'm like, all right, I want to have, you know, one of every race, and, you know, and there's a little bit of mix in there, because only 10 races, and I had 12 slots. So, I, like, I think I reused Nord and, like, I don't know, Breton, I think. But So that, 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 that worked out. So I have all those characters now, and I've been leveling them up and doing their own thing. But my Stamp Sork is what I leveled first because she was going to be my highest, my second highest crafter. She's now almost maxed out crafting. Uh, nowhere near research levels yet, but she's now, I respect her, now she's 100% crafting ult. It's like she literally has like <laughs> enough skills to fill one bar. No passives. She's terrible in combat, but she has all the skills needed to do all the crafting and breakdown, so I was able to free my... Uh, uh, I think I was able to free like 20 skill points off my Templar because now I don't need uh, 12 points in the breakdown skill because all the stuff just goes into my bank and then I can, you know, break it down with her. So, uh, Fishmaker in chat, welcome, buddy. Welcome. Hello. Um, and Exer in chat says Orsinium's the same way. They went with that vertical design. So, it, you know, the DLCs definitely feel like the cities are bigger and, you know, it deals um takes away a lot of that small city syndrome of five houses yeah i, I i'm really digging up his landing um so many master writs to finish i think i have 13 master writs in my in my bag right now um that i need to finish unfortunately and thankfully for this uh this entire event i gotta say um i accepted like a few woodworking ones or stuff like that and it turned out like Oh, in order for you to do this, um, you need, like, Akaviri stuff? I'm like, oh, great. Hmm. I don't have any of that. Well, I have been getting Akaviri now, so, you know, plus to that. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, I actually just picked up Trinomac legs from this daily, which is freaking awesome. So, I mean, I, I've been definitely getting a lot of motif pages that I did not have before due to this event. You know, I just got Dromithra legs as well. So, I mean, that was just from today's haul. As well as a few d- bl- blue diagrams. I got Cauldron of Stew, Orcish Lantern, Orcish Plate. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. Uh, Dark Elf flags. Yeah, I got quite a few things um, just from the, from this event. So, And like I said, there's still a lot of days to this. So I've mm-hmm. been playing through all of that. I just did the three writs and got nothing. Well, it it can take a while. Um, I normally I normally <laughs> walk away if I do all six writs. Now this is my my RNG, right? So take this with a grain of salt because you know, um, RNG Jesus loves me. Yeah, yeah uh, he does. I normally walk away with at least one purple motif page out of six on average. Now, with that being said, it could be something like mercenary, which is like. Great. whoop de doo Basil. But other times, it can be something cool, like Trinomac or Domithra or Akaviri. I've gotten two Akaviri pieces already. So, you know, that 
that works out for me. Like it's really been doing really well. Uh, finally, RNG Jesus has blessed me once again. Uh, we ran IC last night and we made it all the way down to the center and I got my stone fire imp off of the Molek Ball Simulacrum event finally. So see Yay! you suck up the entire RNG of the entire group. <laughs> the entire group. Yeah, everyone else got like Great. I got key fragments. Hey, I got my core fire in. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, that was, that was cool. That was cool. I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Trinomac heavy is pretty cool looking. I do love Trinomac greatsword. It is definitely my, uh, my favorite greatsword design in the entire game. And that's what I'm always running. Um, but that's pretty much my uh, gameplay. Uh, I know I kind of rushed through it, but we've already been going for a little while, and we do have a lot of news to cover. So I hope you enjoyed our tales, and we, uh, as much as we did having our adventures in Tamriel. So we got to hit up the news, folks. There was a lot over these past two weeks. Um, first up on the docket, as long as it loads, patch 2.7.11. Hit an incremental patch that fixed some issues with the volatile familiar ability, Maelstrom Destruction Staff, and the Halalu uh, Furniture Document, plus a couple of other little UI issues, uh, as well as a couple little minor fixes for Mall of Lorcage. So, uh, Mall of Lorcage into the mall can no longer be shared. I don't know why that was a problem. Other Sorry, than. I missed that. I, ju- I just killed five or six dc with the group so <laughs> sorry i was focused uh we are doing the patch notes yeah we're doing patch notes okay yeah. okay i'm i'm catching up don't zealot needs to get banned from chat i thought ag was growing a beard didn't see anything that's it he's Ooh. gone that's <laughs> it them there's fighting words uh, if 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 you are going to make a claim like that you have to let your beard make that claim so... <laughs> come on i'm working on it guys give me a break Takes a uh, while. Unless you can counter that with your own beard, Zealot. No, this is, yeah, that's true, Zealot. Come on now. <laughs> Mr. Babyface. Anyway, that's all right. I love Zealot. He's okay. I'll let him I'll let him rant. He's, he's only doing it out of jealousy because he can't grow a beard at all. <laughs> so, you know, not at all. Anyway, so the only reason why they changed this, they said, was because it was consistent with the other trial quests. But why is it a problem to share it? Like, I mean, literally when you walk in, if someone starts, it's like, hey, we're going to start this quest, um, you know, what does it matter? Like, why why was it such a problem? That Maybe, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that was a silly change to make. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not sure myself. Uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, F- volatile familiar fixed an issue with ranks one through three of the ability where the pulse damage from the volatile familiar was being increased by Daedric prey from other players. So that was uh, that was an error. I don't really play Sorks that much, so I I know Daedric prey once upon a time kind of sucked, um, but I know that became a thing yeah. for um, for. For pet players, if you're going to play a pet sork, that was a main part of your rotation. And I hear my little Nordling upstairs. He's not very happy. He probably wanted something, and they said no. So he's trying to use his thum to destroy her right now. <laughs> but, yeah. 
he's trying to use bandwill. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's fairly fairly light patch. A few minor fixes. You can mm-hmm. check it out. Official Elder Scrolls uh, online forums. I didn't see anything that I was like, wow, well, that really needs to be highlighted. But you know, it is what it is, right? Check that out if yeah. it's something that interests you. Um, I'm trying to pull up these notes, but we were having some issues earlier with the website, specifically uh, the age gate problem. <laughs> no matter what you would click, it's like, hey, you need to check your age gate, which I thought <laughs> was just me, you know, like problem with me, but Ark's having it too. So I think it's a problem with their website in general, which they've had this happen before. And I'm like, great. Five minutes before showtime, this is going to be a problem. But <laughs> so I'm going to try to do my best off memory. Um, let's see here. Pull up the notes. Warden uh, animal companion skill lines. Uh, when the Bethesda uh, ESO Live happened, they sh- were playing the Warden. And someone managed to get a whole bunch of screenshots of all when they were going through the skill lines and morphs and everything. Um, obviously these are all subject to change and I really didn't want to go into a ton of detail cause it makes for boring podcasting, um, because you're sitting there reading every mm-hmm. single thing, but I will have a link in our show notes. Um, so you can see the, the screenshots. So just check out our show notes. And if, if something that interests you, I don't think Ark it doesn't, doesn't interest you at all. Cause you were, you're doing winners embrace anyway. Right. So yeah. 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 I don't. I don't care anything else than you know Winter's Embrace from Warden class. The beer though sounds cool. Like having a beer while tanking does sound like a cool idea. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Well, it all depends on how yeah. it plays out. I mean, can yeah. the bear taunt? Like, it, can the bear taunt and absorb? You know, are you going to have some sort of key that you can say, "Oh no, big attacks coming! Bear, eat that for me." You know, like. <laughs> That would be nice, yeah. Eat that attack. If that were a case, yeah, that'd be awesome. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. But we'll have to see. Um, Speaking of seeing, I'm kind of jumping ahead in our notes a little bit, but this felt like the right place to do it. Uh, Closed beta information has been released where they talked about the Morrowind is going into closed beta. Here's one of the kickers. Um... It is by invite only. It is not going to go on the PTS and it is not going to be available to all players. It is only going to be available via invite. Well, here's the thing. The base game will be available. You know, the base game changes and stuff like that will be available in PTS, but the storyline and other Morrowind features will be invite only. Yeah. 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 So, I mean... I haven't seen anything. I think we're probably going to have like an opt-in thing where you're going to be like sign up to go into beta, but I know they talked about bringing people in who are big in the uh, theory craft community to do a lot mm-hmm. of the testing. So we'll probably see people like Alcast in there and, and uh, Gilliam, the rogue stuff like that. You'll probably see those people in there fairly often. Um, I don't know how, how we're going to see with community, but even arc we talked pre-show the amount of like yeah. serious theory crafters we could only come up with a handful like at most i think 15 is generous not saying there's not only 15 theory crafters there's only a handful that are like really well known mm-hmm. 
and 15 just doesn't seem like enough you know to to, to test yeah to test with yeah i mean i'm sure they're gonna do more but that was something they stated that it's you know they're gonna be picking people and you know one of the criteria is they're picking from a lot of the most popular theory crafters um that are out there so that seems to be an issue um obviously there's an nda in place so unlike the bts now and, and there's a reason why you do this they won't be able to stream don't expect to see anyone streaming this information don't expect anyone to talk about it because that is you know an offense against the nda which can be you know whatever the nda states but it can be you know minimum losing their account banning of account up to legal action depending on how they word their their nda so um definitely uh if you are if you are <laughs> if you are invited do not break nda whatever you do because <laughs> if you enjoy the game you don't want to lose your account if you don't enjoy the game just saying there could be legal action not saying zoss would do it but i mean there's a lot of a lot of room that with ndas they can they can seek you know repercussion um or not repercussion um reparation from you so uh, there will be repercussions. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. So keep that in mind. So that that's kind of the big thing that I know we were we were talking about because it's like, wow, this is one of the, one of the first times since the game first came out that there's an actual closed beta by invite only. Not since the early days of the closed beta have we actually seen this. So I think a lot of people were a little surprised by this information just because they you know weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. But I it mean, is an expansion, so... Yeah, I think it's an obvious choice. Because oh. I, I I could, you know, just go ahead on the PTS if it wasn't invite only. I could just go on to PTS, uh, play the story, play whatever, you know, and, and don't actually get the expansion. Yeah, no, that is, that, that is something that you could, in theory, do. <laughs> but I highly doubt, like... Well, I, here's the thing. I guess you really... I was going to say... Um, I was going to say, I wouldn't invite anyone if they didn't, you know, pre-purchase, but they can't tell that because I pre-purchased, I got the physical collector's edition. So there's no proof yet that I have it other than, uh, yeah. other than if you want to see the, uh, you know, Amazon receipt, I could show you that, but you know, there's nothing on my account that says I'm eligible. If I would have bought a digital one, it, there, my account might've said I'm flagged for it, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting a physical one. So, you know, take that as you will. And, you know, they're making points in chat that, yeah, closed beta was once invite only. It's true, but people have really short memories, and that was, like, four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of the people – a lot of the people who were there four years ago aren't still here. I mean, obviously, uh, XR, you know this for a fact that, like, even when we started – started this how many podcasts were there originally when like eso was first coming out i think there was like 15 and now there's like three <laughs> you know like uh if that actually i don't even know if there's there might be three or maybe four but there's not a whole lot like a lot of the original crew uh that were here from when the game first came out four years ago who were in that closed beta aren't even playing the game anymore you know they've moved on to any number of other games that have been released other other crap games you know korean imports whatever you want to call it so 
Um, the actual veteran community in this game is still fairly small, which is, is, is sad. Um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, ah, one of probably the most interesting things. This was brought up on Reddit that, um, kind of as a joke that Zoss, you know, I found a way that Zoss is increasing the value of ESO plus. Well, with the latest patch, um, they mentioned, like, if you look in the crown store, they removed it since, I believe. Actually, they said they were. Um, I'm going to just look at this real quick. Do-do-do. Upgrades. I'm trying to find the inventory. Uh, Bank space. Bank space. Um, Yeah, it's still here. Uh, So if you open up the crown store and look at the bank space upgrade, it shows you how many you have unlocked. But it actually has a note at the bottom that says an ESO Plus membership doubles your bank space while active. Um, this went on on Reddit for a little while until Gina jumped on, and I'll quote this. She mentioned, you caught us. Double bank space is coming to <laughs> update 14. That is the Marwind expansion near you for ESO Plus members. That said, as some of you have guessed, this text was a bit premature and made its appearance before the features are actually ready. To avoid any confusion, we'll be removing this text until June when we launch Morrowind. Uh, We hope everyone enjoys uh, this upcoming benefit of ESO Plus membership. I know our DCN community, Dungeon Crawler Network, um, in our Discord, dungeoncrawlernetwork.com slash Discord. There you go. Prop, join us if you haven't. we're going nuts for this, especially a lot of our PVP theory crafters are like, finally I'll have room again. <laughs> uh, Galsner, for instance, in, in our community was like, you know, my bank is 90% oh, item sets and, and nerd man was the same way. So now they'll finally, you know, have space once again, because what are we at? What is the bank up to 270? So what is that going to be? Five, uh, Damn it! Now I gotta do five forty, up to five hundred forty uh, slots. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. two seventy, two seventy, five forty. Um, yeah, so five hundred over five hundred slots in your bank. That's gonna be pretty nice. That's gonna make subbing even harder. Like I, I already can't live without the uh, the crafting bag. Now, now I'm gonna have to not live without uh, double bank space as well. Five hundred <laughs> slots. That that is that is really nice benefit um i'm sure there will be a lot of complaints from the buy to play grade going i don't want to sub i don't want to sub i bought the game why do i lose all that well you know you suck um (laughs) i'm just kidding i know we actually have a lot of people who that is hard to to make that but i'm i'm of the notion that mmo should only have been sub anyway i hate this whole free to play buy to play crap and i always have i've always been outspoken against it um so there's nothing wrong with encouraging people to subscribe because that gives them a projectable amount of income for the next month. Whereas it's a lot harder with crown store purchases because you never know. I'm sure crown store, obviously it makes a lot of money, but you never know if it's what you're releasing is going to be a hit or not. It could, you know, flop like a wet noodle. You don't know. But with a sub, you have your numbers going. Here are all the people who have sub are still subscribed. We can project our income for the next month. Sub is just more stable than than uh, mm. free to play. So making it that way is is pretty nice. Um, are you are you sub right now, Ark? I'm not actually. I haven't been subbed for a while. Mm-hmm. 
a long while. Yeah, I haven't been. Stopped. Well, then that's perfect. The main... because, um, yeah, it's perfect. So now, is this something that intrigues you? I, taking taking financials out of it, right? Is this something taking that financials out of it? I would already be subbed. Right. Even at the bank space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this this really is one of those things where you're like scratching at the neck like a crack addict, going, "Man, I really." Really would love that right now, especially really would love that because my normal bank space isn't at full as well. Like inventory and bank space is not maxed out because I didn't want to pour gold in it, right? Because you know it gets a lot of expensive. Yep. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it currently I think I'm sitting on 110 bank space. <laughs> so shooting that up to 120 is is a good thing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, and as you up your bank space, either through crowns or through in-game gold, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting double at that. You know, every time you buy a, an expansion or, you know, an extra an extra slot, you're not getting 10, you're getting 20. That's that's pretty nice for, for sub. Yeah. So, definitely a, a, a big plus. I, um, I wonder, though, you know, they did say that they were going to compensate for the lost quarter due to the expansions. And this is uh, one of the ways they are saying about about doing that to make the ESO Plus subscription more viable. Because people mm-hmm. were saying that because these chapters, our expansions, are going to happen every year. At least that's the timeline, and they're going to be paid. So people were asking, mm-hmm. "Well, what 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 the hell's us? You know, I was the reason why I'm subbed is so I don't have to buy DLCs. You know, I'm getting all these quarters for free now. I essentially lost a quarter." You know, where's my value? You know, so this is this is something that they're trying to add value mm-hmm. organically within the game. You know, through through systems like this to allow uh, allow you to go. Hey, maybe it's worth it now for me to sub because I want that extra bank space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'm going to ask is: Is this it? Like, this is the compensation for the lost quarter, or I wonder if they are going to, you know, go ahead and add something else to it as well, or just you know, okay, we gave you bank space, and nope, that's it. Yeah, deal. I think there could be a couple things. Like, I honestly believe, and I'm going to say this, and people are probably going to be pissed off at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. If and when a transmog system comes in, or a mm-hmm. wardrobe system. I think that's going to be ESO plus only. Oh, I'm I'm sure it will be ESO plus only. Yeah. No, actually, well, uh, either that, I like, it will be the same with the costume dice. Well, it yeah, no, you can buy, buy you can buy something. Like, I, see, this is why I think transmog is going to be ESO plus only. It allows you to change the appearance on gear. All right, but if you're not an ESO plus subscriber, the only option you have is costumes. The one, the pre-built ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is my theory. Now, I know we've asked several times about transmog, and it's kind of something they've been thinking about. But you know, it's kind of in the back burner. It's nothing. Third, I I don't foresee that coming in anytime real soon. Um, I guess it will be in the you know next big update after Morrowind. You know, let's next major life of uh, quality of life. Well, update. see, based on that, the way that they they describe their uh, their content cadence. Okay, so you have 
a normal patch, which will be, you know, a normal DLC, which might be a tiny zone, maybe a quest, you know, something along those lines. Standard, you know, kind of not Rothgar-ish, but something along those lines. Then they said in the second quarter will always be a chapter. So that's the big landmass. See, I don't think we're going to see small landmasses anymore. I think we're going to see something a la, a la akin to uh, the guilds. So I think it's going to be quest lines in pre-existing zones. I don't think we're going to see more land masses outside of the chapter releases. Then they said they're going to release a dungeon patch in the third quarter. And then fourth quarter is quality of life. Like Homestead. Like a system patch. So I don't think we're going to see a system patch until... Uh, Q4 2017. Because based on their current update cadence, that's what they're saying. So we're going to see a quest line, you know, or a guild or something like that. Essentially a Thieves Guild or Dark Brotherhood without the landmass zone. A chapter, Mm -hmm. which is the big landmass. So in this case, Morrowind's going to come out in June. Then we'll have a dungeon patch in, let's say, September, October. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have... Uh, a quality of life in December. So that would be where we would see something along the lines of, you know, Transmog. Then the next um, the next patch, the January, the February, March, whatever it is, is going to be a quest line that probably will lead us up to, you know, finishing up the storylines within the chapter and leading us up into the next one. That's how I see their content cadence. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. You know, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. just based on that, you get your... If we start at the chapter, that's your big landmass, your big story. There you go. Then you get a dungeon patch. Then you get a quality of life, so some sort of system. And then you get one more quest patch, which would probably be a leading up to, you know, oh, we finished all the stuff in Morrowind. Yay, we saved the Vex City. And then the Q1 patches, oh no, there's a big looming threat. Let's do this big storyline at the <laughs> end. It'll give you teasers to what's going to happen in the next chapter in June. Yeah, it would be nice if they connect everything like that. Yeah, I mean, they're setting it up. That's the way they're setting this entire system up. But with that being said, Transmog being a system and obviously quality of life, I don't think we're going to see it till, if at all, December. And if not that, it'll be the December patch in 2018, not 2017, because they're only going to do this uh, quality of life once a year where you'll see these quality of life systems, you know, like we saw with Homestead. Homestead was what was considered a, a free, a free DLC that was quality of life. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how, as long as nothing changes, that's yeah. their current setup. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy with my current look that I don't care about the transmog right now. Oh, I I would I I, I freaking love heavy armor and I hate <laughs> that I can't wear it and be effective. Um I love the Merc, Merc style. It's amazing. <laughs> um so yeah, uh the final bit of news that we have for this week um is the April Crown Store Showcase. Now, I'm going to attempt to open this. Art, can you do the same thing for oh, me? I'll, I'll try it as well. Um, otherwise, I'm going to have to try to do this off memory, which is is going to suck. Nope. Hey, it looked like it opened for me. Happy day. That's yeah. nice. All right. So with this April um, April 2017 Crown Store Showcase, this was released giving us what is coming to the Crown Store this month between April and May. 
There's a couple interesting things in here. First off being the High Rock Pioneer outfit. They're really sticking with a lot of these costumes for more commoner type gear. So it's not armor. Mm-hmm. It's you know, like, um, I'm not going to pull it up on the screen um, because OBS, uh, the new OBS, uh, not studio. Yeah, studio. I figured out the issue. OBS studio actually does not like window capture if it's a, it's a, a web browser. I don't know if that's a security thing or not, but if I were to save a picture mm. or like, uh, what, what did I do this to get around it the other day? I wanted to show a video on our dungeon crawlers podcast. So I brought it up and it was just a black screen. I'm like, great. Couldn't figure it out. If I download the video and do a, a, a window capture of the, you know, the media player, it shows up. So that's OBS doing its crap. And I haven't sat down to figure out how to do it. But so if anyone else is using OBS studio and we're also having the same issue, well, there, there you go. It's something to do with web browsers. It happens with IE happens with, uh, anything I was using. It was, it was constantly happening there. So, uh, a little tip for any podcasters out there using OBS and wanting to show stuff. If it's in a web browser, it's probably not going to work. Um, so that's starting April 6th, the, uh, the high rock pioneer outfit. And obviously we're recording on the eighth. So that's already out. Um, the sorry in Cramorn evening suit. Again, this is uh, uh, civilian wear. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can, you can pick that up as well. That, that began on April 6th. Here's, well, actually I'm going to save this one for last. Um, we're going to skip that. Uh, we have, a new mount, the Black Sench Lion, that is going to be available from the 13th to the 17th of April. So it's essentially the same lion skin that we had before, the male lion, but it's pure black. Yeah. So expect to see that. They don't have crown prices here, but based on other senches, uh, I mean, we actually got a sench earlier that they actually maintained at that level. Uh, probably looking at 2.5K crowns for that, so keep that in yeah. mind. Not saying they won't go above it. But the running price they've had for all senches, unless it's something like the Domitra, you know, with Flare, um, was 2.5K. So that's going to be a limited time between the 13th of April and the 17th of April. So mark your calendars if that's something you're interested in. Uh, we have a few uh, headhorn headhorns. It actually says headhorns. For Argonians, April 20th, you'll see some Argonian facial accessories, the headhorns, which literally look like horns popping out of your cheek. Uh, the horn brow plate, which is a helm that any race can use. That, again, is on April 20th. And a multi-spine skull crest for you. More Argonian love on the 20th. The casual rascal, which is a hairstyle, again, on the 20th. That actually looks kind of neat. I like that. And then the scholar person. Okay, you can't. What? I can see. Oh, you can't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It, it's kind of long hair, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. windswept. It, nothing special, but. And then the Scholar Personality, that was available April 6th. Now, here's something that's interesting. The Scholar Personality, they've all personalities have been 1,000 crowns before. This one's only 500. I mean, I'm not complaining when they lower prices on crowns. Don't don't get me wrong there. So, Zoss, w- way to go. Um, I kind of thought like 1,000 was a little high anyway for a personality. But, you know, whatever. Um, this one was only 500. It was a, a surprise. I was going in expecting it to be 1,000, and it's only 500. Actually, there were cheap personalities, like uh, the three personality pack, which was 700 or something like that. Yes, uh, you are right. The But that that was when they first did the personalities. 
Um, all the solo personality packs, you know, like when it's just been one, mm-hmm. have been a thousand. So, I mean, that's the yeah. same. That's the same notion of uh, the costume packs when they were releasing costume mm-hmm. packs, which I wish they would do again for yeah. all the armors, like specifically a mercenary costume pack. <laughs> so you know, light, medium, heavy armor costume, like you did for the other stuff. I would buy that in a heartbeat because then I could wear my mercenary heavy armor regardless of what I was wearing. Uh, Zoss, if you love me, please make that happen. Zoss. Gina, Jess, if you're listening, just talk to people. <laughs> I'll bake you a cake. Actually, no, I won't do that. I'll buy you a cake and send it down there if that gets added. So if that gets added, <laughs> send me a message. Contact at Dungeon Crawler Network what kind of cake everyone likes, and I will send that down to uh, to Zoss. So that's a promise from me. Um, <laughs> uh, mercenary. Remember that. Mercenary mercenary three set um but yeah they haven't done that a lot of the costumes afterwards have been they haven't done that three costume again it's always been solo stuff um yeah yeah they did that a while ago like some of the first costumes were packs packs of three they often had a light medium and heavy variant um and then they started doing the solo costumes where it wasn't really um aligned with anything that was already in the game so it was kind of unique so they only did one at a time um so there is that to be said. Um, now, <laughs> the last thing on this list. Yes. And I, I save this for a reason. The Grand Tropical Hideaway. All right. You oh, know, yeah. they they yeah. said this, uh, obviously, with the, the Craglorn one. Now, the Craglorn one's out there. Uh, and uh, I'm going to pull it up here in the Crown Store. Just because I want to. Um, I'm pulling up chat, too, so I can see what's what the reaction is. So in the Crown Store, if I'm looking at houses and I wanted to go for that, you know, the notable home, which is the Earth Tier Cavern. Um, you know what? I'm actually even going to go there and port there. I believe the cost in in Crowns, because you know, this was a Crown Store exclusive, there's no way to get it with gold, is a 12K Crowns. Okay? 12K. That's, that's fairly... That's... Um, 80 bucks, 85, uh, 95 bucks to buy the crowns, you know, cause you have to buy two 5,500 packs, which is only 1100. And then you need an extra thousand. So you probably have to buy another of uh, the 1499 one. So roughly 85 bucks to get this. All right. And that's if you don't, you know, you're not storing. Well, even if you're storing crowns from, from your, your, your subscription, you're still paying it. So it's 85 bucks. The Earth Tier Cavern, here it is. Alright. It's there. Alright, I'm fine with it. It's in it's in there, but it's not going away. The Tropical Hideaway is only available from April twenty seventh to May first. Yeah. Silence is you know, uh. is there for a reason. Think about this. <laughs> April twenty seventh to May first. So three days, four days, and seventy-five bucks. I don't know. I, I'm I not, don't. I, I, I can't really comment on those anymore because, as you know, I'm not even subbed. No, no, and and, uh, and Ixer in chat buying a buying a seventy-five bucks. 
house is just ridiculous. It's more like me. 85 or 90. But um, yeah, if you're in another country with the exchange rate, like if, especially if you're in a country that doesn't, your exchange rate's not as good, that could be an issue. I'm not having <laughs> a, a, an issue, XR, with the price. 85 bucks for a house, yeah, you can't earn it in game. But I mean, it, they're very nice. Don't get me wrong. 85 bucks, I'm fine with that. As long as they remain in the game, so I'm not sitting there. I can collect it over time. But making it a three-day window to come up with the 85 bucks needed for a house, that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Especially if you haven't already been saving it, right? Like, that's the problem. Not the cost. The fact that they are artificially making making people go, oh, crap, if I want this getaway house, I got to shell out the money now. Yep. I mean, I'm, it's a marketing so- ploy. That's what it is. It is definitely a marketing ploy, but they do it all the time with the cinch mounts. We talked about the tiger mount. It's going to be three days, but 2.5K crowns, I could see dropping the money a little easier than paying 12K. 2.5 is you know, even if you spent forty bucks, that's less, a little over half, like sixty percent of it. So you still have forty percent of those crowns left, right? So you're still getting some more stuff out of it. This one, you're literally going to be forced to buy two of the fifty five hundreds and some, you know, and a, another one in order to be able to afford it within three days. That's the problem I have with it, not the cost the window that they're giving you for this because of course we don't know if it's going to come around is this going to be a summertime thing where every year it's going to come around around summertime and you know that might be an option and zoss if i'm wrong tell me and i will i will gladly go oh it's limited time but they're bringing it back every year so if you miss it this year just save your crowns you can pick it up next year problem is we don't know that nothing that has i'm pretty sure they will bring it back because they wouldn't uh, missed a chance to you know it, it would be a marketing mistake not to bring it back because there will obviously be people that won't be able to buy it during this short window but will be able to buy it later so i mean it's it's it doesn't make sense not to bring it but my uh stance on limited time offers is the same as crown crates if i want to buy something really bad I will save up money and buy it. But if I can't buy it after saving money, uh, well, that's it. I I obviously won't buy it then. Right. I mean, right. And, it's and... not it's not end of the game, obviously. Uh, but to me, I think like it's a loss no. of money on their end. I I don't know. I honestly think it is probably. I think it is too. Like you said, go ahead, finish your thought. I mean, th- of course, they're probably they're. They have experts on the subject. I'm sure they do. Doing the marketing research and stuff like that. But to me, it doesn't make sense that making a limited time offer and you know limiting the number of people that can buy it uh, is a good idea. However, of course, they probably run the numbers that creating an urgency might be causing more purchases. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean... You're right. That digital exclusivity, when you're sitting there reading digital exclusivity, some people will jump the gun and buy these things, you know, because like, oh, crap, it's going away. It's the, it's the whole mentality with the crown crates, too, which uh, I'm obviously not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the idea is, oh, they're only around for three months. It's to create that level of urgency where people are going to drop obscene amounts of money, which honestly, I'm, I'm not against paying these people. Like, I mean, I've been doing it now for four years. Um, yeah. I'm Don't fine with that. <laughs> I'm not there. fine with some of the shady tactics where it's, it, it's predatory. That's what it is. It's you're, cre- you're creating that urgency to essentially scare people into buying these things or not having it. You're not selling a product. You're selling the fear of not having it of, Oh crap. I really want that. I, uh, and now it may never come back again. I'm never going to get it. I have to drop the money now, you know, and get it. I'm going to be late on rent this month or, you know, whatever the case may be. And obviously if money's ever that tight for you, you really should look into that. But you know, it, that's an extreme example but that's what they're doing. They're selling the fear. That's the whole thing. It's fear-based marketing. They're selling the fear of missing out. That's what they're doing. And morally, I'm opposed to that because it it's just shitty, you know? Yeah, mor- morally, I'm opposed as well, but I'm not as irritated, I guess, as you are because it's their job. You know, when you hire a marketing expert, oh, yeah. you expect them to make money however they can and that's what they are doing that's what they've been doing they are using every tactic that's in their disposal to make more money and i guess i can't get angry at that because that's their job description that's what they yeah no i I, they're what they're doing is they're doing a very good job with what they're doing with it i'm not arguing with that definitely their marketing people are you know are are very good but i know there's been a lot of people um myself included who pretty much bought every single thing the crown stores ever come Mm -hmm. out with because i like supporting it you know i have all these crowns i'm fine with that um but when crown crates came out it was just so dirty we're like nope screw it um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna shout her out because she's awesome uh ts fangirl we went on a rant together about this Mm -hmm. Where she's like, I've spent so much money on your crown store. I bought every single thing you've ever come out with. But now you're going to make me gamble for crap? You know, like, Zoss has a very negative connotation with their crown store. Other other, other MMO uh, networks out there, I'm not going to name them, but there's uh, one that comes to mind, and I'm sure if, you, if you've listened to them and do, or follow their content, you know of whom I'm speaking. Um... They are the biggest free-to-play nuts in the world. They think every MMO should be free-to-play. Anytime an MMO comes out or says they're coming out with a subscription, they they bring their torches and say it's going to fail, it's going to be awful, <laughs> you, you better have a free-to-play, whatever. It makes me want to, like, slit their throats. Like, it really does. Whoa. These people piss me off. Um, chemical showers for all of them. Sorry. Um, but it, it, these people are, are, are stupid. But they even this is funny when the crown store came out when the crown store came out with the crown crates they even called bs on it said you're putting gamble boxes in a buy to play game that's crossing the line these people who think cash shops are the best thing on existence and every game should have them said that it was shitty that zoss was adding crown crates to their game when it was buy to play so there, there is some predatory marketing here. So it's, and this all brought it up with this, with this, uh, 
this tropical hideaway specifically because we know it's going to be expensive. I don't know of a lot of people, unless you've never bought anything with crowns ever, in which case, why would you buy this house now? Because you probably don't give a shit one way or the other. Because guess what? If you never spend any crowns, you don't care. You're probably one of the few people who actually has enough crowns sitting on that you could afford it without buying crowns off the top of your head. You know? So, yeah, it's it's not cool. All right. Uh, definitely write to us. Contact at uh, DungeonCrawlNetwork.com. Leave us a comment on YouTube or anything of that nature. Um, let us know your thoughts on this. I really want to hear from the community on, on your thoughts specifically about this short window for the tropical hideaway. All right. Whew. Rant over. You, you, yeah. You did some, you got yourself some editing work there, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'll think about it. I'll see, I'll see if I feel like <laughs> editing. I don't know. I might. I'll think about it. Maybe. Ah, it's your show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Um, I think are we doing the mail? I think we have a review or something. Oh yes, yes. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, special shout out to Brax Wolf. Um, he's actually, I think he's in our guild now. He's in our Discord. Awesome guy. He left us a five star review on iTunes, um, which I'm going to read here shortly. But I do encourage everyone if you have not rated us on iTunes, please go out and do so. Uh, It's one of the best ways through Apple's magic that they use these reviews to determine our our placement in the iTunes library and where we show up and all that stuff like that. So taking three seconds, well, not three, 30 seconds and leaving us a a review. If you're in the app, you can just search us and leave one right there. Um, It'd be great. It'd help us out. If you want to write something, you know, we'll, we'll probably read it. Um, uh, obviously I say probably uh, because it depends on what you say. No, I'm not kidding. I don't care. If you want to call me out and give constructive feedback, I'm all for it. But uh, you know, if you're you know, saying something not related, I might not, but anyway, leaving us a review, it definitely helps um, helps other people find us. So you can help support us by doing those things because any review you leave makes it so other people can find us on iTunes and that helps. So thank you, Braxwell, for that. So he left us a review. Thanks for keeping me company on my commute. As I've only started playing in the last few months, it's good to hear the conversation about things that I've not yet encountered. Nice to get my ESO fix when I can't be at my PC. Keep it up. You know, I got to say, this is actually what got me into podcasting in the first place. <laughs> when I When I finally found out what podcasting was years ago, it was... Um, for me, it was gaming. Like I would find gaming podcasts for MMOs that I was playing at the time, whether it be Warcraft, like, uh, uh, the instance or, you know, any of those things that I was playing at the time, it was nice to be able to connect and hear other people talk about the game that I loved playing while I was not able to play it. (laughs) So, you know, it kept me connected in a way that nothing else could has and that was really what cemented my love of podcasting in the first place so pretty much what you wrote brax wolf is exactly what well you know got me into 
podcasting four years ago and have been going on ever since. Um, so thank you so much for your review. And it, it definitely strikes home for me because a lot of what you wrote is exactly how I felt about podcasting years ago. And then it led me to create what we have here. Awesome. Thank you, Ark, for pointing that out. I wrote that out there like weeks ago. And it's, I apologize for anyone who's left us a review and it took us a while to get to it. Um, you guys normally don't see our outlines, um, but the mailbag is at the very bottom. And yeah. a lot of times I don't even scroll that far. <laughs> so, you know, once that's we get through. I, that's, that's my job. That's why that, I'm here. That's why Just Ark scrolling. is here. For no, He does a lot of stuff for me, but obviously one of the most valuable things he can do is keep me on track with the mailbag. Because otherwise I tend to forget about it. And it, it, it makes me upset because then I go to edit the show notes for the next week and then I look and I go, oh, crap, I forgot. <laughs> Don't forget next week and then I forget next week. So, All right. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Ark, any final thoughts from you, sir? For the past 20 minutes, I've been kind of, you know, my brain is long shut down, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> understand. Uh, I got yeah. you. Yeah, great episode, though. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm drifting away. Don't expect much from me at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, XR and chat uh, convert to raid. Yep, they were one of them. Game breaker. Yeah, I miss game breaker. They said video podcasts. They were great. I miss them so much. Um, and Zakir, thank you so much, Zakir in chat. He said, I thank you guys for the cast for the same reason, for amazing cast during commutes. I mean, if you, I have a 30 minute commute now. Now, my job allows me to listen to podcasts while I work because I work on computers all the time. So I could just, I zone out, I put my headphones in, focus on what I'm working mm-hmm. on, and that's it. Um, but even if I couldn't, 30 minute drive, it's nice to be able to have these. I mean, you know, that they're a great show. So for anyone with long commutes, that's why we do these things and we really appreciate it. All right. Ark, thank you so much for coming on the show again. As always, you are like a pillar in this show. Without you, there is no show. Thank you. Um, thank you. And uh happy late birthday. That's why we didn't have an episode last week because it was Ark's birthday and Ark was Ark was so generous. He's like, I will I think I can make it back for the show. I'm like, dude, it's your it's your freaking birthday. <laughs> We're canceling. Enjoy your day. <laughs> I have to get a, give a shout out to many people from the community that I won't be able to remember the names for the birthday wishes and apologize for delaying the episode last week. So, yeah, <laughs> no, you're you're good. I I made that executive call for that because I'm like I'm not making him rush home so he can do a show with me when it's his birthday. Come on now not that much of a of a dictator anyway thank you so much for listening everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode of tales of tamriel of course if you want to help support us patreon.com slash dungeon crawl network subscribing to us on youtube sharing what we do liking commenting subscribing all that fun stuff and actually anytime you comment or any kind of activity on our videos actually helps them being seen there too so um that's awesome leaving us five star reviews on itunes or any review if you think we suck leave us one star tell us why that'd be awesome i don't care i will use it and uh we'll be uh we'll use it to better the show unless you're a complete you know jerk and have no valid points in which case i'll just ignore it um thank you so much we hope you enjoyed we will see you next week here on
Tales of Tamriel. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. 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 A serpent lights the ancient sky and red of tainted stars. Evil stirs and in its wake the souls of mortals sway. Don't.